0: I'm excited to to share my heart this morning, and and that's just just what I'm going to do, okay? I'm going to just be open, vulnerable, and share with you something that the Holy Spirit has been showing me in in my walk with Jesus, something that He's been inviting me into, okay? And then I'm also going to share the truth of God's Word, I got several passages that we're going to go after and read this morning. So here's what's on my heart. You ready? All right. This morning, I want to talk about sharing Jesus with the world. I know. You're all like super surprised. No way. Wes is going to talk about sharing Jesus with the world. But, but there's a, a, a way in which I want to share about sharing Jesus that maybe might be a little different than I've ever shared before. I, I, I want, when, when I say sharing Jesus with the world, I want to come back to just the simplicity of sharing Jesus. I feel like we've overcomplicated sharing Jesus. I feel like we have overcomplicated being a witness in evangelism. I feel like we've made it more technical than it is personal. Are you with me? I want to come back. I want us to see this morning what the Holy Spirit's been showing me, that sharing Jesus with the world is way more simple than what we've made it out to be. Okay? And here's how I want to start with sharing Jesus with the world. I just want to remind you, This just something that the Holy Spirit has made fresh on my heart. That sharing Jesus with the world begins with the world that you're in. I, I want to remind you that you, you don't have to go far to change the world. Everywhere you go and there's a person, there's an opportunity to share Jesus. Are you with me? Everywhere you go. Like, I'm all about, I want to go to the nations. I've been on missions trips. I want to go on more. I want to go to the nations and preach the gospel. As a matter of fact, if you remember, a couple years ago, right here at Arise, we started something called Arise Global. Arise Global. But we, we kind of began it right here in our backyard, and we opened up a food pantry, and many of you have been bringing food into it every month. The first Wednesday of every month, we have our first Wednesday outreach where we pass out groceries to families. We have a time of prayer in here. Y'all, you know, let me tell you, it's been incredible did you know church that there's 15 to 20 families that come every first Wednesday to get groceries and not only do we give them groceries we love on them we pray for them we share the gospel with them the last first Wednesday outreach a guy came and he gave his life to Jesus He was awesome man and he's been coming I don't know if he's here is Miguel here today I don't see him but he's been coming on Sunday mornings it's amazing And, and I also, we have a heart and a dream, man, to one day I want to take teams to the nations to preach the gospel. Like, that's what we want to do here at, with, with Arise Global. But I've just been reminded of this recently, that if we're not willing to pray for our next-door neighbor, we might not be ready to go to the nations yet. Are you with me? Like, the people that we're around every day. Like, and the other thing that I'm realizing is, like, there's so many believers that are waiting to go to the nations to preach the gospel. But the reality is, is that we're in the nations. We're, we're in a nation right now. We're in the North American nation. And in the North American nation needs Jesus. Amen. You don't have to go far. Like, like, you're on purpose. Like, wherever you land, wherever you're at right now, it's a setup from God. To live, to represent, to demonstrate Jesus on a daily basis, no matter what we're doing. Are you with me? So you, you don't have to go far to change the world. Everywhere you go, and there's a person, there's an opportunity. And changing the world, sharing Jesus with the world that we're in is way more simple than what we've made it out to be. I feel like if we're not careful, we've turned like evangelism and sharing Jesus into an event. We've turned evangelism into an event rather than this lifestyle. This is just who we are. Caroline mentioned it. We're we're at the 4th of July. We got a blanket. And we're just sharing. We're so in love with Jesus that he just bubbles up out of us. It's just a lifestyle. But because we've turned it into this event, we've almost made it like this far-fetched thing. Where it's like we've almost separated evangelism, witnessing, and sharing Jesus. It's over there. And then our, our normal Christian life is over here. And because it 's an event and something that we just gather to do from time to time there 's so many believers that go, man, I could never do that or or i'm not i 'm not very good at that that 's just for the select few, and so we find ourselves just kind of hanging out back here, letting them do that we 've separated it. There's a distance from it, and God never intended for evangelism to be an event or something that we gather to do from time to time. This is a lifestyle. This is who we are all the time, everywhere we go, with everyone that we're around. Look at me, church. I'm serious. At your jobs, at the grocery store, I know we talk about this a lot, but I'm feeling it being more personal and less technical. Here's what it looks like to share Jesus with the world. You ready? I'm just going to make it real simple this morning. It's you and I testifying. If, if you are a believer and Jesus lives inside of you, you are a living, walking, breathing testimony of who Jesus is. Every day we're testifying, this is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for me. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you because he came for everyone. And it's just as normal, as natural, as walking, talking, breathing. This is who Jesus is. Hey, hey, hey let me tell you who Jesus is. I noticed that you're in pain. Jesus is the healer. Jesus has healed me before. There's things in my life, a pain or sickness. He's healed me. If he healed me, he'll do the same thing for you. Watch this. Let me pray for you. Like just this normal, Not, it's not an event. It's not a plan. It's not an agenda. It's a lifestyle, a living, walking testimony. This is who Jesus is. Last night, I I was uh, in the bed with Jet. Well, let me preface it. Yesterday, I'm weed eating, Okay. I, I love to, cu- I, this, this sound funny, I love yard work. And I like my grass to look really, I like for it to look good. <laughs> and so I weed eat, Caroline's like, you you take way too long in the yard, it, it looks it looks great. <laughs> Yesterday I'm out weed eating, up under my deck, all of a sudden my legs, I like it, they feel like they're on fire. I weed eat it over a yellow jacket's nest and just just boom 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 they they didn't they didn't get up too high praise the lord i dropped the weed eater it's still running i run i'm screaming and i'm just knocking them off of I me mean, pow 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 well one of them uh, by the way the weed eater ran for the next hour because i just couldn't get to it so I, but there was one that got me really good right there. My knee is swollen. It's in pain. It hurt to bend it. And so last night, I'm tucking Jet in. We're in the bed, and I say, hey, Jet, would you just want to pray for my knee, man? You know, we talk about all the time Jesus is the healer. And he goes, sure, Dad. And he said, can I just do it to myself? And I said, sure. And he just prays for a minute, and I'm halfway asleep. I'm tired, you know. And I get down, and I hear him say, hey, Daddy, you know, when you pray for something like that, does it happen automatically, or does it take a while? And I said, sometimes it's automatically jet. Sometimes it might take a little bit, but every time we pray, something happens. And lo and behold, y'all, I promise with all my heart, jet falls asleep. I I feel the swelling in my knee completely goes down. All my pain leaves. I'm hitting on it. I'm touching it. It's as if I wasn't even stung. Like right there, and jet's not even awake for me to tell him. It's. it's Look, it's the testimony of Jesus. We're living, walking, breathing. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for me. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. We've overcomplicated evangelism and sharing Jesus. And because we've made it about an event and something we gather together to do, it seems so far-fetched. We feel like we're not good at it. It's only for the select few. So what ends up happening is we find ourselves just living inside of the holy huddle our entire Christian life. And we live from one church service to the next church service, from one event to the next event, from one Bible study to the next Bible study, from one worship night to the next worship night. I'm not saying those are bad or wrong. As a matter of fact, you better seek out that Bible study. We need that worship night encounter. As a matter of fact, you should be here on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. There's something important and powerful about gathering together as a family to encounter God together. And to hear from Him together. To grow together. And to empower one another. To help one another. We need each other. Amen. But what is equally important is us breaking the holy huddle and going into the world that we live in with the testimony of Jesus so that others can have what we have and see what we see and feel what we feel and experience what we experience. It's real simple, man. We're not supposed to keep this to ourselves. If we're only staying inside of our holy huddle, we're only experiencing a portion of what this Christian life is supposed to look like. Are you with me? Jesus said go. And and what ends up happening so many times too, when when we separate evangelism from our normal life over here and it's an event and something we do from time to time. And because it seems so far-fetched and something that we're not good at and it's just for the select few and we only end up living inside of our holy huddle. What ends up happening is that if we're not careful as believers, we can find ourselves just living for the next great revelation from God. That's that's it. We find we find it. I'm just waiting on that next great word. I'm waiting on that great leader, that great pastor, to post the next great revelation from God, so that I can get something from it, so that I can repost it on my Instagram, and so that all my friends in my Christian circle can like it and put a fire emoji up under it and go, yeah. Are you with me? I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. As a matter of fact, I read the Bible every single day of my life. And because I read it to encounter God, I get revelation from Him all the time. It's good. It's rich. It's life-changing. And as a matter of fact, if I'm going to post anything to my Instagram, it's either going to be a picture of my family or a revelation from God. Are you with me? It's good. I'm not saying it's bad or wrong. But here's what I'm realizing, church family is that the world around us, especially those that don't know Jesus, they're not looking for the next great revelation from God. They don't even know what a revelation is. If we're not careful, we're just, we get so caught up in our our own self, our own personal pursuit, waiting on the next great revelation, and there's a world around us waiting for an encounter with Jesus, waiting on us to not live from church service to church service, but to go and be the church so they can have what we have. Are you with me? The world around us is not looking for a great revelation. They don't even know what one is. They're not looking for a Christian event to go to. And they don't want to have anything to do with our Christian agenda. I believe that the world around us is longing and looking for something that's real. Something authentic. I believe they're waiting on the testimony of Jesus. This is who he is. This is what he's done for me. If he's done it for me, he'll do it for you too. Watch this. It's as simple as that. Not an event, not a plan, not an agenda, even though we have those and they're good and we'll continue to have those. Got an event coming up this Wednesday, first Wednesday outreach. Come on. Come pass out groceries. Come share the gospel, but let that build faith for it to become a lifestyle so you and I could be living, breathing testimonies. Don't keep it in here. See, there's a word that Nedra preached last week. It was so good, but she said something that really stuck out. Is everybody happy? Is everybody good? Look, she said this, you were born for such a time as this. We were born for such a time as this. And there's so much happening in our world right now. Yeah, right? There's so much immorality. There's so many things happening in our society and our nation and our government in our world that we disagree with wholeheartedly. There's things, so many things happening that does not line up with the word of God that we believe in and stand on. There's things happening that do not line up with the values of God's kingdom that we live from. There's so much immorality. But watch. Look at me, church. God saw fit for us to be on this earth for such a time as this. Look at me, church. God believes in us. He believed that you and I could be the ones to partner with him to transform this city. He believed that you and I were supposed to be here right now and could be the ones to partner with him to build his kingdom on this earth. The question is, do you and I believe it? Do we believe it? We were born for such a time as this, to be a living, walking, breathing testimony. Don't overcomplicate it. It's not technical. It's personal. Share Jesus. But see, when we're focused on all the immorality, on all the issues, and when, when we're focused on the problem, man, we get discouraged really, really quick, don't we? We throw our hands up and go, man, what's going on with the world? Look at me, church family. We can't be focused on the problem. we got to be focused on the solution. His name is Jesus. We carry the solution. We carry the answer. We can't be focused. Like When we're focused on the issue, the problem, that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants to distract us from who we really are and what we were born for. When we're focused on the issue, the problem, their morality, very, very quickly you get discouraged. What's going on in the world? The world is in such a sorry state. Look at that. There it goes again. There they go again. What's going to happen next? And then before you know it, because you're focused on the problem, not only are you discouraged, but that discouragement then leads to worry. Then we become worried and anxious. It's all driven by fear. That comes from the enemy, but God is love, and his perfect love casts out fear. But we're focused on the issue, the immorality, so we become discouraged. Dicur- discouragement leads to worry and anxiety. What's going to happen next? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? And then next thing you know, you're just sheer frustrated. How many of you have been frustrated at what's going on in the world? And you find yourself, look, let's just, just be real. Because we're, we're discouraged, worried, and now frustrated, we just toss up our hands and go, man, The whole world is headed to hell in a handbasket. And we find ourselves hanging on for dear life, waiting on something to change out there. And I'm telling you, that's not how God intended for us to live. That's how the devil wants us to live. Discouraged, worried, frustrated, hanging on for dear life, waiting on something to change out there. Y'all, we cannot be focused on what's happening in the world. we got to be focused on the one who overcame the world. Amen. It's Jesus he is overcoming. John 16, Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. See, I, I don't know why we're always so surprised when we see the immorality and all the things that we're faced with. Why are we always so surprised by that? Oh, my gosh, this, this, this is happening. Oh, my gosh. Jesus tells us, in this world, you'll have trouble. But God saw fit for you not to be born in this world for such a time as this. James chapter 1 says, when you're faced with trials of many kind, consider it pure joy. In this world, you will have trouble. And Jesus says, take heart. What is he saying? That we can't allow what's happening out there to come in between what we know to be true inside of here. When Jesus says, take heart, he says, I want you to live from the inside out, not the outside in. We get to see things differently. We get to respond differently. We get to treat others differently. We get to act differently. We get to be different because it's no longer we that lives, but it's Christ that lives inside of us. Are you happy? This is us. We carry the different one. And when we begin to live and walk and talk differently like Christ, the result is powerful. It's transformation. This is us, church family. He says, take heart for I have overcome the world. The one who has overcome the world lives inside of us which makes us more than a conqueror, Romans one thirty seven. You are more than a conqueror because the conqueror lives inside of you and his name is Jesus. See, I don't actually think that the problem is all the immorality. I don't think the issue is our government. I know you're like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't agree with nothing, they do. I don't think the problem is the immorality. In our government. I think the problem is that as sons and daughters, we're waiting on something to change out there. And God's waiting on us to realize we were born for such a time as this. I think that's the issue. I'm not being mean. I'm talking to my own heart this morning. I think God's waiting on us to realize that he believes in us. He's put us on this earth for such a time as this. And we can partner with him to make a real difference. To impact our sphere of influence. To impact our city. And it's way more simple than what we've made it out to be. It's not about an event. It's not about a plan, agenda. It's not even about necessarily a, a fresh revelation. Even though we get those and those are good and they're encouraging. It's about you and I being a living, breathing testimony. Every day, this is who Jesus is. This is what he's done in my life. And if he's done it for me, he'll do it for you. Are you with me? If I could just, let's just give an example. So, like, what what do we do as believers? With all the immorality and the things that are going on around us, how do we respond to it? How do we respond to it? In short, man, we got to get in the game. We don't respond from a distance. We respond in the world. Like, so so last month, the, the LGBTQ plus community is so, like, prevalent and in your face more than ever right now, right? The Last month was the month of June. I know it was real quiet. You're wondering what I'm about to say. Look, this is, we got to talk about stuff like this. So last month, the world deemed June as Pride Month, right? And, and well, you know, not for us, it's not, right? For me, it's like, you no. Know, it's Jesus Month, <laughs> It's Jesus day. It's Jesus year. It's Jesus moment. It's just Jesus, man. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Anyway, last month, man the 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 rainbow flag was was in our face probably more than it ever has been as long as I can remember. Right? What what do, you, what do we do with that, man? We disagree with it. It doesn't line up with the word of God. How do you respond? You respond the same way Jesus did two thousand years ago. I'm great with the fresh word. I'm great with the fresh revelation about all of this. I need it. We need it. I'm not taking away from from the second, but we also get to look at the life of Jesus. Another thing the Holy Spirit's been just been inviting me into is, West. I want you to preach the original gospel. There's so many gospels being preached right now. He goes, Wes, I want you to go and preach the original gospel that Jesus came and preached. The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel that says, man, Christ was crucified for you to forgive you from all of your sins. You get to be free. Three days later, he was resurrected. He's alive and well standing knocking at the door of your heart longing to come in and have a relationship with you and you experience the life he always dreamed for you to have the original gospel that sets people free jesus are you happy so how do we respond to this immorality i'm using the example of the lgbtq plus community we look at the life of jesus what did he do man he's standing there and the pharisees bring this woman who was caught in adultery and throw her at his feet and they go you know the law you should know it more than anybody if you claim to be who you are and the law is the woman that commits adultery is to be stoned to death and what does jesus do he gets on his knees he starts writing something like i just believe with all my heart I believe he just took a moment with the Lord. Like, first of all, how do we respond to all of this? Just get on your knees. Just bring it to God. Don't get discouraged. Don't get worried. Don't get frustrated. We're in a relationship with an amazing Father. and none of this surprised him. In this world, you'll have trouble. It's the whole reason Jesus came. Take heart. Get on your knees. Bring it before the Father. I just believe he did that for a moment. just, And then he finally looks up and he goes, you who is without sin, you be the first one to cast the stone. And one by one they all left. And it's just him and this precious woman. And he looks at her and goes, hey, is anybody here left to condemn you? She goes, no one. And he goes, neither do I. Today you will not die, you will live. Now watch this. And he says, now go and sin look, that that's huge. I don't condemn you, but now go and sin no more. I believe with all my heart in that moment when she looked up at Jesus, she encountered the kind of love that she'd been looking for her whole life. And with that love came forgiveness. And I believe in that moment, all guilt, all shame, all condemnation just completely left and she experienced the freedom that she had been waiting on her whole life and I believe that she was not only free from that sin I believe that she knew she was free from that lifestyle. Are you with me this morning? I believe she had zero desire to ever do anything apart from that man who loved her and forgave her in that moment for the rest of her life. That's our response. We don't condemn people from a distance by throwing stones. (laughs) But we also don't condone the lifestyle behavior because we love them so much. What do we do? We run straight towards them just like Jesus did. With the love and the truth of Jesus Christ that sets people free. Are you happy? It's so much easier to... Distance ourselves from all this stuff and cast judgment and cast the stone and condemn. Jesus says, I do not condemn you, but go and sin no more. We don't condemn, but we don't condone. What do we do? We go into this world as a living, walking, breathing testimony. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for me. If he did it for me, he'll gladly do it for you because he came for everyone. Are you happy? This is us. That's believers, don't overcomplicate it, don't outthink it. The immorality of this world is not looking for fresh revelation, even though they're good and we can have them and we give them. They're looking for something real, something authentic, something that's genuine. They're looking for the testimony of Jesus. It's it's the reason the whole book of Acts is one long testimony about who Jesus is, what he did in people's lives, and what he did through people's lives. It's the whole book. It's one long testimony. No plan, no agenda, no event, even though those are good. The last time I preached, I talked about uh, Pentecost. It was actually Pentecost Sunday. We went through Acts chapter 2. And and remember, uh, the 120 are in the upper room. The Holy Spirit comes, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Begin to speak in new tongues. It says, the Spirit came like a flaming tongue of fire, dividing himself among them and landing on them. This this was the inauguration of the church. This is the day the church was, capital C church was birthed. In a revival fire. But then when you keep reading in Acts chapter 2, you read that quickly they moved into mission. <laughs> they, they didn't just hang out in the upper room because God never intended for the revival fire to be contained to a space or a place. He intended for it to spread. So, what did they do? They just naturally, normally, as believers, as Christ like ones, they just begin to spread this fire. How'd they do it? The testimony of Jesus. Everywhere, no plan, no event, no agenda. Like, this is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for me. He'll do it for you. Hey, do you know Jesus yet? Let me tell you who he is. Let me tell you what he did in my life. Normal. You got a blanket out. It's the 4th of July. You're next to your neighbor. Thanks, babe. Hey, do you know, you know Jesus? Let me tell you what He did in my life. You're a part of a Bible study, a small group, man, You're with your coworkers or your friends. Let me tell you what Jesus has been doing in my life, what He's been showing me, what He's been teaching me. Don't overcomplicate it. It's not technical. It's personal. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. It's not what we do. It's who we are. It's this Jesus just bubbling up out of us everywhere we go because we're in love with Him and in love with others. Hallelujah. This is us. Can we, I just... I wish I could explain just what I'm feeling in my heart. I'm trying to make it simple. Is it okay? Are y'all okay? Everywhere they went, it was just normal and natural. They just testified about who Jesus is. And here's what's so incredible. When they testified, oh, when they testified, the Spirit testified. Oh, and that, that's when things happened, Right? Get this, ready? John 15, 26 and 27. Oh, I love the word of God. Jesus tells his disciples, the Holy Spirit's going to testify about me. In other words, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is going to deliver the goods. He's going to save souls. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to raise the dead. He's going to renew the mind. He's going to set the captive free. But then he says, you're also going to what? Testify. A living, you're going to, hey, I'm just a, I'm a walking testimony. Jesus has changed my life. He'll change yours too. And when we testify, the Holy Spirit confirms our testimony with signs, wonders, and various miracles. Because he can't help himself. He's in the life-changing business. It's another great reminder of how important it is to lean into and rest in Him. It's another great reminder that you can't mess this up. It's not an event. It's not far-fetched. It's not about you being good at something. It's about you being a living, breathing testimony. The Holy Spirit got your back. (laughs) Are you happy? This is us, man. This is how we live our life. There's another scripture. Oh, yeah. Yay. Yay. I say ten minutes. Oh wow! There's, there's, and I, I want to give some more uh, just pra- just testimonies, practical testimonies too. Okay, but there's there's a scripture that's just been kind of rocking me that I want to share with you. It's uh, 2 Corinthians five twenty. It says, "We are therefore Christ ambassadors." I don't know what that does to you when you read that. <laughs> that's not just it; just sounds good <laughs> to me. Like I was reading, I've probably read that hundred and fifty times this week. I'm not kidding. Like I went back there in my little food pantry room, and I just opened up the Second Corinthians five twenty. And I'm not even saying I encountered the Lord a lot through it. It just sounded good. I'm just like, I'm an ambassador of God. You are Christ's ambassadors. Watch this. In whom he wants to make his appeal through. Of what it says, you're an ambassador of God. He's chosen you to be the one that he appeals to the rest of the world through. That's awesome. Right before that, in 18 and 19, it says this, the whole world has been reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ. And now he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Which means the whole world was reconciled to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And now that Jesus lives inside of us, which means now we have that same ministry of reconciliation. Was just another great reminder that ministry is not a calling. It's not far-fetched. It's not something to be good at. It's a lifestyle. It's not what you do. It's who you are. Are you with me? For so long, we separated ministry and our normal Christian life over here. We got pastors and preachers and worship leaders and missionaries over here. We got nurses and doctors and stay-at-home moms and school teachers and businesswomen and businessmen and construction workers over here. And it's like the moment that we said yes to Jesus, God welcomed us into the ministry of reconciliation. No matter what your hand finds to do, no matter where you're at, no matter who you're around, we're a living, walking, breathing testimony of Jesus Christ. Don't overcomplicate it. Not an event, not a plan, a lifestyle. I can't find anywhere in the Scripture of another reason of why we're on this earth. I can't find it. Now, I read the Bible. I love it. I cannot find another reason. If you don't remember anything else I say this morning, you remember this. God put you on this earth so that he could reveal himself to you and then make his appeal through you to the rest of the world. That's it. I I cannot find another reason. There's a lot of stuff in between that we do that are good and they're important, but none more than Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You were put on this earth so God could reveal himself to you. It changes your life, and then he makes his appeal through you to know him and to make him known to encounter Him and to become an encounter everywhere you go. And it's way more simple than what we've made it out to be. You're, you're standing in a long line, okay? I did this at Taco Mama. This this weekend, I don't have to pull up. Well, I, 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 my goal is not to have to pull up old testimonies. <laughs> but daily ones. I'm stung with a bee. Jet, praise I'm healed. Amen. I'm standing in line at Taco Mama. You're standing in line. A long line somewhere. The restaurant, the bank, the grocery store. Hey, have you heard the good news? <laughs> hey, have you heard the good news? What good news? There ain't a lot of good news. <laughs> the people hear all the time. Have you heard the good news? What good news, man? The good news is that God loves you so much, He sent His Son Jesus to die for you, to forgive you from all your sins. Three days later, He's resurrected. He's alive. He's standing at the door of your heart, knocking. He wants a relationship with you. He's forgiven me. Like, if I could explain to you how much peace I have, oh, we'd all just float away right now. And if He did it for me, He'll do it for you. He loves you so much. Hello, 12 seconds. The original gospel, the good news. Have you heard the good news? Hey, do you know how much God loves you? Oh, wow, somebody told me that the other day. I got to tell you again. It's, this is so real. And, and look, back to this if He's forgiven me from all my sins, He'll do the same thing for you. Hey, look, I just want to remind you, church. Jesus came for everybody. Hey, do, do you know? Do you know that no one on this planet has to go to hell? No, nobody. Some of you are thinking, yeah, but yeah, no, no buts. Nobody has to go to hell. Did you know that that God didn't create hell for us? God did not create hell for you and I. He created the hell hell for one person and one person on the devil and all of his demons. (laughs) Nobody has to go. It wasn't even created for you and I. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, it's God's will for everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. It is God's will for heaven to be full and for hell to be empty besides one, the devil himself. And so you and I get to go around as a living, breathing testimony. Hey, there's a better way. Hey, there's a different way. His name is Jesus. He changed my life. He'll change yours. You're standing in line. Have you heard the good news? Hey, he forgave me. He'll forgive you right now. I pulled up to Walmart last Saturday. Pulled up, guy in, in their grocery carts. Hey, man, thanks for doing this, man. Have you heard the good news? still he talking about, bro? The good news that God loves you, man. He changed my life, bro. I promise you, he'll change yours right here right now. I shared the simple gospel. I got done. He looked at me and goes, Brian, never heard it put that way. 15 seconds what gospel has he been hearing I ain't never heard it put that way I said you want him he goes I sure do right there I prayed we prayed together he gave his life to Jesus I've been keeping in touch with him through text trying to get him here Hey, I just, man, I, you're at work. You got a coworker. I know you're going through a, a tough season. You know him, you're going through a tough season. If you've ever been through a tough season and Jesus has gotten you through it, you got a testimony to share. Hey, listen, I've been through something similar, man, but Jesus, he not only got me through it, he helped me overcome it. And I became better because of it. He'll do the same thing for you. Come on, let's pray. Boom. It's the testimony of Jesus. No event, no plan, a lifestyle. Christ in me, as Christ through me, everywhere I go, all the time. Last story. There's Jesus is reclining with the Pharisees, right? A woman whom the Bible describes as a woman with many sins comes waltzing in (laughs) to where Jesus and the Pharisees are hanging out. She busts open a bottle of of uh, or alabaster jar of perfume and begins to wash his feet with the perfume with her tears and her hair. Right? She's worshiping him, she's praising him. He has changed her life. You and, and the Pharisees are standing there going, Man, this this cat is not who he says he is, because if if he was, he would know who she was, and he wouldn't want anything to do with her, much less let her touch him, wash her. Wash his feet. And Jesus looks at those Pharisees in the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 47, and it says, This woman, though her sins are many, she has been forgiven. Church, look at me. Your sins have been forgiven. <laughs> You're not happy enough about that. <laughs> forgiven. And then he says, to whom has been forgiven much loves much. Look at me. We've all been forgiven much. We all need Jesus. We need the grace of God in our life. To whomever has been forgiven much, loves much. See, see that woman. <laughs> this was her response to who Jesus is and what He did in, in her life. This was her response she busted up in a meeting <laughs> like no I'm sure there's no plan no this is just a response she falls at his feet she's worshiping him she's praising him she's thanking him for who she is but I would also like to suggest I believe with Omar she's also testifying to the rest of the Pharisees in that room not only is she praising him and thanking him I believe in that very moment she's testifying. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for me. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you and y'all need it. Are you with me? This is our response. We get to be like that woman who's been forgiven. We get to go into this world and bust alabaster jars over people's feet and testify. This is who Jesus is. This is what he's done for me. He'll do it for you. Because he came for everyone—a living, walking, breathing testimony. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't outthink it. It's not technical. It's personal. It's not an event, a plan, agenda. It's not about a great revelation. Even though we have those, we gotta preach the original gospel. Christ crucified. This is who he is. Watch him move in your life. And the Holy Ghost will testify as we testify. Are you happy this morning? Do you do you want to do it? Like, I'm not taking away from the planned events. This Wednesday, you should come. We have an intentional time where we pass out groceries and love on people and pray for people and share the gospel. And we see the Holy Spirit testify. Come and be a part of that. This coming Saturday, we have Arise Birmingham Street Ministry. It's as if some of you have forgotten about it. We have those intentional planned times. They're good. But those times are to build faith for it to become a lifestyle, a living, walking, breathing testimony. This is who Jesus is. Man, uh, last story and then we're going to pray. I know I'm, I'm probably out of time. I'm tucking Jet in the other night. He's putting on his PJs. I'm getting ready. To the man pray over him. He goes, he goes, Daddy. I don't want to die. He goes, Why do we have to die? And I go, Oh, buddy, you 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 know we've talked about this. John eleven twenty six. Jesus says, Whoever believes in me will live. And he finished it for me. He goes, I know, Daddy. They'll live and never die. He goes, Then how come when we were in the truck the other day? I asked you what that was on the side of the road, and you said it was a cemetery where people were buried. He goes, explain that. <laughs> I said, okay. okay, I get it. Fair, fair point. I said, buddy, the best way I can explain it is that our bodies, our, our bodies get old and they get, you know, they wear out. They, our bodies will be buried one day. I said, but yet you're not just made up of a body. You have a spirit living inside of you. And the Holy Spirit has become one with that spirit because you have believed in Jesus. And when you believe in Jesus, what happens? He goes, you never die. I said, yeah, your spirit gets to be with God forever. And he goes, Dad, that's so incredible. He said, I'm so glad everybody gets to be with Jesus forever. And I said, hey, Jet, I want to tell you something just because I want to be truthful with you. Not everybody gets to be with Jesus forever. We want them to. That's God's will. And he goes, you mean there's people that don't believe in Jesus? He goes, you mean that there's people that won't actually live forever? I said, oh, they'll live forever, but either with God or apart from him. He goes, you mean there's people that will spend an eternity apart from God? And I said, yeah. And you know what he did? He just put his head down like that. It was like... And before he can say anything else, I said, hey Jet, but that's why. That's why I'm always talking about the importance of sharing Jesus. So that people can, can encounter him and have him like we do. I said, and we could do that. I said, Jet, the whole world can be saved. And he goes, Oh, I know again. I know again. A child like faith, man. No plan, no, no event, no agenda. We get to be a living, walking, breathing testimony. This is who Jesus is. We get to intercept people that are headed down the wide road. This is not to scare anybody. This is not to make anybody feel guilty. As a matter of fact, if I can be vulnerable, I am way far from being perfect at this. There are plenty of times where I choose to not testify or share my faith or talk to that person for whatever reason plenty, but it's in those moments that the Holy Spirit just goes, it just reminds me, hey Wes, it's not what you do that pleases God, it's who you are, but because of who you are, I, I just want you to know, I want to remind you, you were born for such a time as this, I got you, when you testify, I'll testify, no guilt, no shame, no condemnation, this invitation to be a living, walking, breathing testimony so that others can have what we have, see what we see, experience what we experience. Break the holy auto. Go, man. Don't keep him to yourself. Let him shine. Let him be released. Let his love, his goodness, his glory and power Don't overcomplicate it. Don't don't make it technical. Don't let it be about an event. Just let it be about who you are. Testify this is who Jesus is every day, everywhere you go, your own purpose. We don't separate ministry and evangelism from our normal Christian life. We've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. You're where you're supposed to be, the continent that you're on, the nation that you're in. Go share Jesus. Are you happy? Where are you going for the 4th of July? I'm I'm going, listen, I'm going to the Dunwoody Country Club of Atlanta, Georgia. It's incredible. Like, it's awesome. I'm going to share Jesus with at least five people. At least five people. I'm going to do it. And Caroline's going to hold me accountable. Not because I have to, but because I'm in love with Dunwoody Country Club. And that's where I'm going to land that day. As I watch Jet and Blaze go up and down these blow-up things and get their face painted and have so much sugar that they don't sleep that night. (laughs) Let's share Jesus, man. Natural, normal, Christian life. Let's all stand. Are you happy? Are you ready? Are you excited? Come on, man. Hey, can we all just put our hands out in front of us? Actually, no, never mind. Can you put your hand on your neighbor? <laughs> Can you put your hand on your neighbor and just, just right now before I pray, just begin, just begin to pray for them to go and testify, to live a life of testimony, to share who Jesus is and what He's done in their life. Every one of you in here, you have a testimony. Jesus has changed your life. You have something to give. You have something to share. This is who you are. Come on, just take a minute. Just pray over each other. Come on. Thank you that we're living, walking, breathing testimonies. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our boldness. You are our courage. (laughs) Jesus, we put our faith in you. We know that you are the Savior. You are the healer. You are the one that brings change. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that as we step out, you step out. As we go, you go. As we testify, you confirm testimony with signs and wonders and miracles. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I feel this so strongly. I pray miracles this week, wonders and signs to flow through you for the glory of God and for the sake of the precious lives around you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we don't condemn from a distance by throwing stones. But we run with Jesus into a world that's desperate for a Savior. Let us not judge. Let us not be focused on the problem, the issue. Let us be be empowered to partner with you, Jesus, to go to place our focus on you the one who has overcome I thank you that you are the God of this world and nothing is impossible for you and I declare let heaven come I declare salvation over our nation the salvation of Jesus Christ I don't say it loudly and boldly just to be saying something I believe in you Jesus we believe in you Jesus if you believe in Jesus say I believe in you Jesus." Jesus come on I believe in you Jesus Jesus, we want to partner with you to be a living, walking, breathing testimony. Bless, touch, and move in every person's life in this room. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And can you just give Jesus glory this morning? If you you have kids, go get them. I've run behind. Bring them back in here. If you need prayer this morning, lad, you can go ahead and play that up encounter song. If you need prayer this morning, I'll be up here. Caroline's here. There's Eddie and Brittany, Melanie. If you need prayer this morning, man, come. I'd love to pray with you. If you need Jesus, man, come up here. I'd love to lead you in that. If you need healing for your body this morning, Jesus is the healer. Go bless the world. Go testify.